guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. We all need our vitamins after surgery, regardless of what you think. Yes. It's a must. Yes. So why not choose the easiest and the best tasting in the community? Seriously, it's ProCare, guys. ProCare is so delicious. I use their chewable for over a year. That's how I I know. Yes. And I love their capsules. Yes. Love them. They're once a day. I take them at night. Easy peasy. And my labs are fantastic. Yeah. Our labs are great. And I've actually switched to the capsules and I take those at night now. So if you guys need your iron, they have them with iron and they have them iron free. They even have calcium chews. Yes. The calcium chews. mm, Perfect. They have mocktail ones, uh, chocolate. They have also some caramel and a cinnamon roll. They're freaking delicious. So go over to ProCareNow.com and use our code OSLP to save some money. Prepping and measuring your food post-op is a beast all in itself. But Portion Perfection has actually made it super, super simple. They have bowls, plates, and even a lunch bag called the Kitten Carry where you can have all of the system ready to go. Yeah, we love carrying that thing around with Mm -hmm. us. It's so much easier to pack your lunch, your snacks, especially when you're on a road trip. That Mm -hmm. thing is a lifesaver. Yes. If you want to get these things to help your journey, just go over to portionperfection.com and use our code 15OSLPOD. And again, that's 15OSLPOD. And you can also go over to our Amazon storefront to pick out any of those that you would like to use. If you could take a quiz today about weight loss surgery, how well do you think you would score? Well, there is an app for that, and it's called Nutri Health. Yes, it has 12 modules. You watch a video, read an article, and then you get to take the quiz. If you want to be the most prepared for the journey that lies ahead, go over to NutriHealth.com and put our Sleeve Life podcast as your provider. All know how difficult post-op life can be. Yeah, it's pretty freaking hard, guys. Yes. And so a way to make it a little bit easier is by joining the Tribe membership program. It has been created by a registered dietitian. She's actually the sleeve dietitian on Instagram. Her name is Jamie. And she's created this whole membership program just to support us. Yeah, like we've one, we've had her on the podcast. We love her to freaking death. And then two, like she has full experts in their field that help you. And they've had bariatric surgery, almost every one of them. And the diet, the sleep dietitian is freaking smart because she has almost a support group every single day, guys. Yes. You're going to get an email. It's going to tell you which ones are for today. And you can just sign up and hang out with people that are just like you. Mm-hmm. And I've even used the journal prompts. I'm into journaling and that was way helpful to just go somewhere that can help you and just get your mind going. Yes. So if you need this kind of support, which a lot of us do, mm-hmm. go to her website and use our code OSLP at checkout to get your discount. Welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to our Sleep Life podcast. So this is Kelly. I got totally distracted. For you a did. I don't know why. What were you looking at on the screen? I 
You're looking at yourself? No, I was thinking about <laughs> Disney. <laughs> oh, my, of course you were. Of course. And in case you're wondering, this is Kelly. And this is Mahal. And uh, yeah, I got distracted. Disney Nerd. is always a, a thought in my brain. I, it's an obsession. It is. I'm learning because me and Eric actually talked about it. No offense. We talked about you, about Disney. And he was like, it's kind of like a drug for her. Like if you it took is. it physically away from her, she might freak out cry and have a fit no, it's always like a letdown when i get back from disney because i'm always like oh it's a letdown it's over it's like and every then vacation I'm like, okay, when am i going next <laughs> you're yeah. insane i mean i'm already planning to go back next year for christmas so and you haven't that. even got there I yet even gotten, i haven't even gotten there yet so yeah maybe this is why i don't like disney as much because you're like so in it i am so in it so in I it am. all in i am so guys if you haven't already go over to our our sleeplifepodcast.com because a couple things are there one there's a newsletter yes yes and, and it's you been get a free ebook you get a free ebook it's all been revamped that whole website yes. everything is beautiful yes. and with the email list you once you get, like hop on you're gonna get like an ebook right away yes um and then you get a bunch of like fun stuff from us um right afterwards so yes. we want you to go over and do that because you're gonna get updates about like how we just had the award show yes like you We'll get all updates about the next one that's going to be coming yep. up. Any any traveling that we're doing is going to be in those newsletters. So yes. definitely sign up for that right away. Yep. And what's really cool on the website is there is a button at the very, very top. And what does it say, Kelly? Become a patron. Yeah. So becoming a patron, it, it will take you over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP. It will. And you get to pick your tier. Yes. And not only do you help support us in our um, want to do a tour, <laughs> but you also help yourself because in a couple of those, you get a support group. A full support so group. So $7 or higher, you get to go over and become a part of our Benchies. Yes. Which is over on Facebook. I know, I know what you're thinking. Facebook is toxic. Those groups are awful. This is not that. Not when this it's ours. Like, Hello. Yeah, we don't allow any toxicity or negative vibing in that area. Yeah. We let you go talk about your struggles, your um, like wins. We yeah. see people going to concerts, people going on roller coasters. Like sharing, we share all yeah, the things together. Sharing pictures of their pets. Yeah. Like it's crazy how much it's we a lot know of fun. about these people. Mm -hmm. And we have a very, it is a select little group mm -hmm. that is steadily growing, uh, but we love having them in there. We love meeting our benchies and we do it all the time we go we do, and, and if we they're have, around we go find them yeah and so. once a month we do a zoom meeting yes, where we, we, get, we get to kind of talk about what's going on in our lives everybody gets a chance to speak it's just very it lifts us up as much as it lifts you guys up. yeah it's very important to like for our support too like to have this because yes. me and kelly's gone through some shit yeah and if it wasn't for our benchies like we probably wouldn't have gotten out of our mental state as quickly as we did i think yes. because yeah. of them like sending us messages and being really encouraging yeah. and we have almost 200 people in there and we have several guys in there now yes. which i love so I love guys, guys keep signing up we want you there yeah. we need you there this, this is uh it's very important everybody. yeah because we want all different types of people in there so that way everybody can understand where you're coming from because every journey is very different yes so and if you pick the ten dollar tier or higher mm -hmm. you do get exclusive videos yeah so you get not only get the videos of the episodes 
episodes 10 days early. Mm-hmm. But you also get the that's what she said corner. Yeah, you do. And that is where we go in and we talk about our daily lives or what's going on in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's super, super fun. Yes. Um, and if you are wanting to see the videos, you also get to go have to go over to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and type in Our Sleep Life podcast and then hit the bell and hit the subscribe button. And then you get to see videos like what we're doing right now. Right and now. And you would know who we have on today. Yes. Because we have Miss Kate. Kayla, I don't know why I was going to say something else. Kayla, she is a registered dietitian, and we are going to break down some of those biggest myths that people continue to spread inaccurate information about. I know. We've been doing this for two years, and there's still the same myths out there. It's ridiculous. So we're going to bust those myths and talk to Kayla all about it. So welcome onto the show. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm super excited and have been looking forward to this. And like I told you, I was like fangirling. Yay, I get to talk with Kelly and Mel. (laughs) Yes, we were just as excited. We we cannot, like when you messaged us, we were like, yes, this needs to be an episode. Mm -hmm. We did do an episode about this with Dr. D, Mm -hmm. but I think it's good to get different people's views on those myths. Yeah. And especially from a registered dietitian point. So tell us, how did you get started in the bariatric field? Yes. So to make a long story short, really, I, um, it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Okay. And so after my first year of college, I dropped out and I was like, okay, kind of like more corporate world and like work my way up the ladder. And I was like, this is like soul sucking and I need to find something else yeah. to do. Yes. And I found myself like on the side, just reading like women's health and all of these magazines, which probably aren't like the best sources of nutrition information. <laughs> that's really like when I got into nutrition and found out actually what a registered dietitian is. And that is what started me back on my journey. So for anyone who's maybe listening that doesn't know like kind of the education background of a dietitian, it's pretty, it's pretty rigorous. So you mm-hmm. might hear like nutritionist or a health coach or certified health practitioner or, you know, something mm-hmm. fancy like that. And actually in some States it's, it's illegal to like call yourself a nutritionist if you're not a registered dietitian. Oh, wow. okay. yes. <laughs> okay. So really like the, the background of a dietitian, you have a, undergraduate degree. So a minimum of a bachelor's degree, and they are actually bumping that up to a master's degree yes. in a couple of years. Yeah. And then you also have a, a clinical internship, which is anywhere from like six months to a year and a board exam. So you kind of have those three checkpoints to become wow. a registered dietitian. Okay. Yeah. But during my clinical experience, actually one of my very first rotations was on a bariatric surgery unit. And oh, cool. Yes. I just like totally fell in love. I think it was like the, it was the combination of like physiology and like the, all the anatomy changes and the psychology piece, like, okay, Mm -hmm. how do we get here? And that habit change and Mm -hmm. fast forward several years later, I was working in a surgical clinic and we kind of had both like the medical pathway with like your meal replacements and meal plans, all that fun stuff and also surgery. But my heart was always like so full after my surgery appointments. And uh, really, I I started to recognize that the support gaps after surgery are just enormous. Yes. Like, 
I just saw like how patients were being underserved and just really undereducated on so much of the how and why. And hence our discussion today, like all of these myths come up, we start searching for information on Dr. Google or TikTok mm -hmm. and Instagram. And there's so many people that are very strong opinionated, I think on nutrition, especially. So really it was my mission to help tease that out and be a reliable source for people. So I ventured off on my own and now I have my own group coaching program for women after weight loss surgery. That's so, nice. That's amazing. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Cause there yeah. is, cause I've been um, post up seven years now and there has been so many different things that I've heard over the years of what you can and can't do. Yeah. And as you're talking, one of the ones that popped in my head, cause it's definitely off the wall. I remember someone saying like, you can't have like chewing gum. Like you're not supposed to be chewing gum afterwards. And I, one, didn't hear that from my people, but I, I've heard that from several like followers. So like, what's up with the chewing gum one? Yeah, that's a really good one. Because okay. it was actually like, so when I was at the surgical clinic, that was part of our protocol, like the hours, like I think it was like 24 or 48 hours before and after surgery. Okay. So I would say like really that tight window, like surrounding surgery okay. outside of that, I would say. I don't see why not, okay. but really what it is, is likely the sugar alcohols. So the uh, sugar alcohols, your body can actually treat more so like a fiber and some people are more sensitive to them. So it can actually like increase gas, increase bloating. And really that's the last thing you want either going into or after surgery. Okay. okay. So it's just that window. It's not like ah. six months post-op and you're like, still can't chew gum. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. because a lot of people, like those sugar alcohols are in a lot of protein bars. They're yeah. in a lot of the sugar-free candies or, you know, they're even in like tortillas and mm -hmm. things like that. So it's interesting that it, our body can recognize that as fiber. And that's, mm -hmm. that's why we can take that off of the total carb count, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So basically it's undigested. And okay. that's why like when you're counting like net carbs, you can really subtract those sugar alcohols like you said. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, and that's why people get the poops. Yes. They get the poops. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm sensitive because I'm already sensitive to the sugar alcohol like flavor. Mm -hmm. Like there's some like quest um <laughs> that tastes really nasty and i'm just like i can't do this they I are pretty bad they're pretty bad way back like even before like i was in weight watchers and i i would watch all of the like be a part of all these weight watcher groups and people were like quest cookies they're so good oh my gosh blah 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 so i was like okay i'm gonna go get some because yeah. if they're that good i want to be able to like have something a little bit healthier I took one by, I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is nasty. How, how are people? So I think I'm already sensitive to that, but I think I'm not only sensitive to the flavor, mm -hmm. but to the gas and bloating and things like that. Cause I really feel it. I don't, I, I don't get the bloating and the gas. I get the poops. You get the poops. And I'm happy about that. When I have my built yeah. bar every night, I'm excited in the morning. I don't have a problem pooping anymore. Yeah. I am on schedule. So thank you, built bar. All right. <laughs> All right. And you'll find it in like a lot of sugar-free candies too. Yeah. yeah. A lot of like sugar-free chocolates or sugar-free candy, you'll see sugar alcohol. Yeah. That's why like if you overdo it or and it, like one to two pieces might be fine. But if you have half the bag, then you might notice like, like grumpy guts. Really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> grumpy guts. I, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. Oh man. Okay. So the next one mm -hmm. is straws. 
what is with the straws? Why is it not okay? Is it okay? I mean, it is like a 50-50 out there. And why are we all over the place on the straw thing? Yeah. Do you have any insight? Yeah. I would have to agree with you. Like, where did this advice come from? Yeah. Again, I can see like that short window, like right after surgery, like bringing extra air in. But like you think like how much, like how much air comes from a little straw? I'm like yeah. looking at mine right now. Yeah. And that's not going to really bring a considerable considerable amount in. And if a straw is going to help you get your fluid goals, then I'm game. Right. So I can't okay. drink without the straw. I have to have yeah. a straw. I don't like kind of bougie. Kinda. Kinda. Okay. I'm bougie. I don't like the the ice touching my mouth. Yeah. If you could have mm -hmm. a straw dispensed anywhere you're at, you would want, you would do it. Yeah. Because I'm like, what am I? A peasant? I don't want that. I I deserve a straw. God damn it. <laughs> you're yeah, ridiculous. And I think that was really like the notion of it is yeah. like bringing air, like yeah. extra unnecessary air, like into the stomach, like okay. in a period of where maybe you're trying to heal. But Hey, if you're like months out from surgery and that's going to be the game changer for you. Do it. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's okay. good to know. Yeah. So maybe, so like test it out and then see if it's like causing, cause I know that some, some people it causes pain Yeah. because it's bringing that air in. But I think as long as you take it slow, like that's well, how I took it. And I think with every journey, you just got to like go slow, like yeah. especially in that first like six months to a year, just like test things yeah it's okay if it hurts it's okay if you don't like that the flavor or something yeah. just test it <laughs> well and I get yeah. a lot of messages from people that are like I tried this and not it doesn't sit well and I'm like okay so put it off to the side for a month or so and then come back to it and I think it's kind of the same mm -hmm. philosophy with straws like if it if it hurts if it's not good for you like put it off to the side try it again in another month yep because it's all a testing process yeah with and straws. I think some straws are different too. Like you have ones like that you might have to suck more. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she's waiting said. for the, yeah. there's your opening. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Cause like the hydrate straws, they're more of like, you have to actually like suck. Yeah, right. But the, these mm -hmm. are a little, a lot less like regular straws. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't have to use as much force, I guess with those exactly. versus these. Okay. So mm -hmm. maybe use regular straws and then, cause I'm three years out. So this doesn't bug me at all, right. um, which we could roll right into carbonation because all I drink is soda water. Yeah. It's carbonated water. Like I don't like any flavorings. I just like straight bubbly water. Well, it's funny cause people message you and be like, are you allowed to do that? Yeah. So am I allowed to do that? Miss Kayla? Yes. At three years post-op, I would say a hundred percent. Okay. So kind of same idea with the straw and, and like Mel said, it's like, everybody's so different and testing that out. Like I noticed like some people tend to notice that maybe they get bad reflux from mm -hmm. carbonation. Okay. So maybe lay off or like you said, do something like, I feel like there's some drinks like Spindrift, for example, I think they're maybe not quite as bubbly Correct. compared to some of them have like I don't know, like the texture seems a little bit different. So yeah, even experimenting with different brands, but okay. I would say within that first, like couple, maybe that first, like one to three months after surgery, like trying to limit or avoid it as much as you can. But okay. as your stomach heals, I would say if that again is going to help, it's kind of, kind of looking at that trade-off. Like if you're using a straw and using carbonation, like, is that going to help you reach your fluid goals yep. or is it 
by like not doing those things, is that going to hold you back? Because, you know, being dehydrated isn't great on the other end too. Yeah. True. Mm -hmm. Because I don't hit my goal unless I'm a drinking from a straw B I have carbonated water. Yeah. Like those Mm -hmm. two things I have, I have hit my goal more this week than I ever have. And it's because I'm like, thank you. Cause I'm like (laughs) sticking to like, okay, this is what works. So I carry Karen everywhere. Yeah, which is her Hydrate Spark bottle. Yeah, my Hydrate Spark. I have Karen and Karen 2.0, which is the tumbler. <laughs> and she goes everywhere with me. And yep. like, I literally walked out of Mel's house and I was like, why are my arms so empty? What am I missing? And I was like, Karen, I can't leave Karen behind. <laughs> it's like your baby. Like she is. Well, and I have my wallet attached to it. Oh, I have so she really can't be leaving that anywhere. Attached to it. So like, it makes me want to like, I have to have it because mm-hmm. it, if I go to the gym without Karen and I don't have my AirPods. So That's it, true. it just gives me like, I have to carry it with me. So, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like a new backpack. It, like this reminds me of like when, yeah. you know, kids in school, like they have all the keychains and mm-hmm. yeah, like all the gadgets, like on their, on their backpack. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. This Karen, is the new backpack. New Karen's my new backpack. Yeah. It's all connected to her. I, I don't go anywhere with her without her because it helps me. And constantly hit my water goal because I'm not focused on other things. I have her right next to me and I just drink all day long and Mm -hmm. the straw and the carbonation help me. So I kind of have, so it's kind of attached to the carbonation topic, but kind of not. So I've heard from people that if you drink carbonation after surgery, it could stretch your stomach pouch. And then... Can your stomach pouch stretch? I, I, those are the two questions I have. Yeah. 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 That's a great one. Well, I'll try to summarize these two together because I think they kind of go hand in hand. So in talking about fluids, I think one of the biggest things, like whether you use a carbonation straw, I would say just trying to still stick to that, like 30 minutes before 30 minutes after kind of idea where you're not doing liquids before a meal. First of all, because when you think of like you've got a big portion of your stomach removed and when you're filling up on fluids all the way up till mealtime, it leaves little room to get in like good nutrition when it comes to mealtime. So what happens is you eat a little bit, you're full. So then you're hungry like one or two hours later. And now we've gotten into the habit where we're grazing. Okay. (laughs) All right. Yes. So. I would say regardless of what kind of fluids is still trying to stick to that, you know, 20, 30 minute window before and after meals. Okay. If that kind of helps, but then as far as stomach stretching, so (laughs) I would say it's good to get a little bit of a stretch on your stomach and when it comes to mealtime. So really what that does is if you're, you know, getting in good protein, some good, like higher fiber, like carbs, what I like to call like slow carbs, okay. you know, things that are going to digest slower. They have lots of fiber, some healthy fats, like getting a satisfying meal. Like if you imagine your pouch for the listeners, I'm kind of like using my hands to like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, a yeah. little bit of a If stretch, you were subscribed but... to YouTube, you could see it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but really when you get that stretch, it's going to send it, it's going to signal your brain and some of those hunger hormones that, Hey, you're full. And it starts more of that cascade because your stomach is a muscle. It's meant to stretch. It's just when we're doing it repeatedly. So like frequently eating past full, I would say you can maybe do, you know, minimally some of the 
you know, undoing some of the pouch size perhaps, but okay. it's more, I think that hormonal cascade when you're not listening to those subtle cues, okay. because that is, I would say of the top three reasons for regain, one of them is frequently eating past full. And then I think okay. that ties into the emotional component. Like, why are we eating past full? You know, looking into more of those like emotional ties that we have to food too. Okay. And could you explain to people why grazing is not good? Because a yes, lot we hear it love- all the time that people <laughs> yes, graze. Yes. Yeah. I actually did it last night and caught myself several times because I was making pizza rolls or not not the bags of pizza rolls I make. They're like pizza muffins. Um, but I made the and like the cheese and the meat are all laying out. So it's just like, yep, you just know, slowly picking. picking. It. So over an hour process of making this, cleaning it up, getting everybody ready to eat. I'm grazing this entire time. Yep. So tell us why that's not a good, good. idea to do. Yes. So uh, a couple of different reasons. So similar how like when you get that little bit of a stretch on your stomach, that's going to help kind of send that hormonal or get that hormonal cascade started to say like, hey, I'm full time to stop eating. Okay. And you're not really getting that if you're grazing. If you're just constantly grazing, you're not getting that, you know, gentle stretch, I'll call it on okay. your stomach. Okay. And second of all, it's going to lead to kind of more imbalanced blood sugar levels and more importantly, insulin. So, yes. So kind of to give you, so to take a step back to talk about insulin a little bit, that is going to be really one of our hormones that is a primary driver of fat loss. So when you eat a meal, for example, especially carbohydrates, that's going to have the biggest impact on your insulin. And we like to maybe like call things good or call things bad. I think when it comes to nutrition Uh and it's not that insulin is bad, it's just that we want to manage it well. And when you're eating three meals a day, that's going to help get more of a little bit more steady insulin levels versus having it high all day. So if you're grazing, that means your blood sugars are up, your insulin levels are up. And when insulin is present, it's nearly impossible to lose weight. So by following three meals a day, you're going to get those drops in insulin. And that's really what's going to help kind of tap into fat stores. And that's why like overnight or even playing with like eating, like timed eating or like versions of intermittent fasting has become so popular is because it's all about manipulating your insulin. So insulin is a hormone in your body. Yes. Think of it as it's essentially like that key that filters the energy in your bloodstream. So you eat a meal, it's digested, your you know glucose or blood sugar goes to that bloodstream, but insulin is the key that gets that blood sugar from your blood vessel to actual your cells, which oh, is a good okay. thing. Yeah. So we want we periods want where we have you know that energy being shuttled into our cells. It's just we don't want it all, all the time, all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So what about Cause some people do like three meals, three solid meals, and then you have like two snacks or three snacks during the day also. So does that also affect that? I mean, I mean, it would have I'm to, trying, I'm trying to like, because you're saying three solid meals, but what if you have snacks in between? Is that still kind of causing that flow or is it interrupting that flow? That's a great question okay. because all of the macronutrients will really influence insulin differently. So for example, the one that's going to make insulin rise the most is carbohydrates. 
So I usually say like, if you're doing like a protein forward snack, so something that has some protein or even like a good healthy fat source, like you think like nuts, avocado, cheese, that fats are going to have the least impact on your insulin. So even like how you eat and how you pair foods can really make a difference on how much your blood sugars and your insulin jump. Okay. Okay. So you answer, want, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, really, I would say between meals, trying to focus more so on like maybe proteins, fats. And I usually tell my clients, like just not having a carbohydrate alone, that oh. can really help prevent that roller coaster from happening. Okay. So like just, uh, you want to have your, your good carbs during your meals not your snacks. You got it. Okay. All right. So when you're, I'm just trying to envision what it looks like. So what if you have like a, a bag of protein chips, you would want to have those with a meal versus like having one in the middle of the day as a snack. I would say something that's like more packaged, like trying to put it in maybe with a meal okay, and trying to do like more like protein or like fat forward snacks, like more whole foods. Okay. Okay. Between meals. Awesome. That makes sense. I mean, and the, like, like the yogurts and the string cheese and all those things are higher in fat. So like those make sense why they are for snacks Yeah, as well. Or like the meat and cheese things that you get from Costco. Mm -hmm. Like those are, it's a fat and a protein. So you're not really you're not hiking your blood sugar up. You're keeping it steady. Exactly. Got okay. it. Right. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> it's Perfect. all about blood sugar balance. <laughs> That's so cool. I think in all of the times that we've recorded, I don't think we've ever really talked about like the insulin, insulin mm-hmm. level of, of it, but it makes so much more sense of like, that's why you want to pair something that's maybe higher in a carb if you're going to like splurge on an item, so say you want an Oreo cookie after, like have it with your lunch and it makes sense on why you would do that now. Okay. Okay. And then speaking of sugars and insulin, what are we going to do about this fruit nonsense (sighs) that we hear all the time that fruits making you fat fruits, bad for you. Don't touch the fruit. Like where do where does a dietitian stand on fruit? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I would be shunned from like the dietetics community if I ever said like, don't eat fruit. <laughs> but but no, if fruit is definitely healthy. It's, it's one of those like fi- fiber filled carbs. So okay. again, like when we talk about like slow carbs or carbs that have more fiber with them, fruit is definitely going to fit the bill for that. I would say some of the, like the lower sugar or maybe more blood sugar friendly fruits are going to be like your berries, so like strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, yeah, cherries, okay. things like that. Okay. If you really want to get picky with it. Otherwise, if you're just following that rule, like no carb left behind, you know, if you're pairing your fruit with like, you know, a yogurt or doing it with a string cheese that again is going to help minimize that those big spikes in your blood sugar and your insulin too. So okay. Okay. what about apples and peanut butter? Thank you. Because that's like my go-to. That should be good because it's a protein mm-hmm. with a carb. Well, right. peanut butter is more of a fat, right? But still. Right. It's okay. A- so you have a macronutrient, like a carb, like an apple, which is going to influence that, that blood sugar. But, you know, imagine it like if you were to have that apple alone, okay, it's going to be more like a mountain peak. Okay. Versus pairing it with that fat is going to be more like a rolling hill. So it's going to help plane out those blood sugars and thus insulin too. So, okay. Now 
I'm going to stay on the fruit for a little bit. <laughs> all right. I'm ready. Because I keep hearing all these random things, even like on TV shows. Yeah. So what's up with the whole like if you eat an apple every day for X amount of days, you can become diabetic. Is that real or is that not real? Oh my gosh. Everybody's so different. So I don't think that's really a fair statement. Okay. But I think where a lot of the beef comes with fruit is the, the natural sugar. So fructose. Uh-huh. So when you compare like how our body utilizes sugars, so primarily like glucose, like a lot of our foods can be shuttled into glucose, but fructose, like fruit sugar or like high fructose corn syrup, okay. it uses a different pathway. So it is a little bit more work for our liver. And I think it's just comes down to quantity. So if you're eating an apple a day, I don't see that that would be an issue. But if you're having like a six pack of Coke with like high fructose corn syrup, like Ah. that is going to be like beating on your liver all day long. (laughs) Okay. So it's more about the pairing of the food because I'm thinking like that you're, yeah, you're like, I eat an apple a day, but then you're like, okay, let's look further into what you're eating. You're eating a candy bar with that apple every day. And so that's where the, where it's like, coming, actually coming actually from further into like, I think it's easy to blame the fruit. Of course. And not take a hard look at like, okay, what else am I doing? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's where it kind of gets, because we actually did a, like a Facebook, like the, awful things that are in Facebook groups Yeah, episode. And I literally almost fell out of my chair when I'm like looking in these Facebook groups and this person's like, I gained eight pounds. I don't understand how I gained eight pounds. And somebody's like, oh, it's the fruit. You were eating the fruit. And I'm like, what? What? Like that doesn't even make sense. So now we can message them and be like, what did you have with your fruit? Yeah. What are you having with your fruit? What are you are pairing you, it with? Because that's, I think, the missing link. Yeah. Are you having chips and, and a soda? Because that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I had a slice of apple, but what did you have with it? Well, two bags of chips. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and what one is- of my favorite accounts is Glucose Goddess on okay. Instagram. So she Ooh, actually has sure. like a, um, she wears a CGM, so a continuous glucose monitor. Okay. And keep in mind, like everybody is highly var- variable, like how they react to different right. foods, but she'll actually do like, here's, I ate an apple. And then the next day she'll like eat an apple with peanut butter and compare her graphs. Oh, okay. She has some really cool stuff on there. So oh, I we're going to follow her like stats. Yeah. I'm yeah. already <laughs> on her page. What would be, cause I'm like, she's a boss. there is a fruit situ- like okay. for situation in this community. So what is the actual portion sizing that we should have of fruit a day? Like, what does that look like? I would say like, if you're really concerned about like weight loss and like overdoing it on like fructose, like the fruit sugar, like yeah. I wouldn't go like over three servings a day. Okay. That's, that's and quite a bit. Maybe even two. Cause okay. I like my, my thinking is that after surgery, if you're doing that much fruit, like something else might be getting displaced, like protein. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it would all come down to like what portions you're able to tolerate too. Okay. okay. And are we talking about a sprinkler of blueberries or like a whole quart? Okay. Right. Well, cause like a lot of people during summertime, it's like watermelon and yeah. I know watermelon has a lot of sugar in it. Um, so like what is a serving size of watermelon? Like, I don't even know. Is that like a cup? Is that you know, two cups, like, what does that it's look laughable like? laughable is what it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <Yeah. laughs> I think a, a, like a serving size of like 
So watermelon and grapes, I want to say it's like half a cup or a cup. Like you said, melon. Okay. It's just like, so it is. And I think like my husband's like, we'll cut the watermelon in half and like eat it with a spoon. That's what my son does. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, but is it really going to like, cause if we're pairing it with something that's good. So say you're having the watermelon with a, you know, you're having a slice of chicken or not a slice of chicken. Yeah. I'm going to slice like, of chicken with our watermelon. Yeah, slice of chicken, but, but like barbecues and stuff. So yeah. say you have a hamburger, but, but you're having watermelon with it. Like you're pairing it with something that's going to make it. So it's, it, Kind of in my mind, it kind of makes up for it. I don't know if it cancels. How do you feel about that? I would say even like having it last, like almost like treating it as your dessert. Okay. Okay. Or so because there is like some research too, like, and again, the glucose goddess is great on this, like talking about how the food order makes a really big difference. So you always hear like, right. Protein first, protein first. 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 (laughs) And I would say for like the general population, it's probably like maybe veggies first, then protein and fats, and then come your starches, like your fruits. But for our bariatric listeners, I would say definitely always protein first, maybe even some healthy fats. And then looking at like those vegetables and those fruits. Okay. Okay. All right. So have those at the end. Yes. Yeah. After you've had all of the nutrients of everything else. Right. Because if you're saving like your starches or your carbs for the end, that can like blunt those big spikes in your blood sugar and insulin by like almost up to 70%. Whoa. That's just by not starting your meal with them. So think about like going out to eat, like you get like bread or you Mm -hmm. get like chips and salsa, like primarily carbohydrate things. Yeah. And you're snacking on that before you even have a whole lot of substance. It's like that can really be the difference maker versus like saving those things for the end of the meal. Okay. Like I, I'm thinking back over the weekend and we went out to eat and I ordered a salad. Well, my boyfriend's daughter, of course, she's, she's obsessed with mozzarella sticks. Mm. Just, she actually calls them monsterella sticks <laughs> uh, because she couldn't say mozzarella. Which oh, when she's little. little. So they were monsterella. Um, but she, she always has to order them. And so I had one before my meal, but now I'm like, okay, I can have one, but I have to eat my chicken or my protein first and then have one. Does that make sense? I would say, and like, I mean, mozzarella sticks is probably like protein and fat. Yeah. So yeah. Too far. Okay. Well. Yeah. So you can have them in the beginning <laughs> if you wanted. Okay. So it's just like the chips and the bread and uh, fries, things like that. Yeah. So okay. think of like a lot of those slider foods. Okay. Like, if you're, and like maybe for anyone who is listening, who doesn't know like slider foods, like think about those, like take a cracker, for example, like you put it on your tongue, you come back an hour later and it's gone. Like without even chewing, it's kind of dissolved. It's slid down versus like you take something like maybe a piece of cheese or chicken or broccoli and you put that on your tongue and come back an hour later. It's like still there. That's still there. Yeah. (laughs) That's just, that's solid. That's right. Well, and it makes sense on why that fills you up versus a slider food and thus the name slider food is because it just slides right down like yeah you mm-hmm. can eat a you can eat a lot more of a slider food like crackers chips cookies mm-hmm. things like that versus a four ounces of chicken like you're you're going to be pushing it with the four ounces yeah versus a whole bag of chips right okay. and that's why i think like to kind of like tie in like maybe another myth of this, like, you know, having to stick to like super low calories to either lose or maintain. 
I think like you said, like when you're doing like chicken breast or whatever, if you're eating primarily whole food or like foods that have some substance like that, yeah, it's like the calories are going to figure out themselves. You don't have to eat 800 calories a day. Okay. Cause that, that, so bad. <laughs> yeah, that actually was, I, I, we got a question about that because okay. they, their office was giving them a calorie like counter. Which so is like, so weird. Yeah. So they had to eat between, I think it was like seven to 800 calories a day. Cause they're still like new, newer post-op. And I was thinking, why would, why would you even, cause we've always heard you don't need to count calories. You yeah. are primarily, like you said, focused on protein. And at that point you're not even getting two to three ounces of food in at a sitting. Yeah. So should we count calories? Should we not count calories beginning like right after surgery? I typically tell like my clients, I'm like, if you want to count anything, cause I know I feel like a lot of people are very like type A or they want something like mm -hmm. something yeah. to count. Like it's yeah. just like there's whether it's points or calories, yep. count protein. That yeah, would be if protein. you want to count anything, count protein, count how many fluids you're drinking or how many ounces of fluids. And typically if you're hitting your protein goals, the calories will take care of themselves. Okay. Because yeah, we right. can't consume enough. That's what I was told by mine was you just can't consume enough in for those first matter. for the first six months to a year for it to really matter. Cause right. And I think especially those early days post-op, then you get into like force feeding yeah. a little bit. And it's like, yes, I can see the benefit of having a schedule, like, okay, kind of treating it like meals or, you know, and obviously closer to surgery, you're going to be like maybe more frequent meals, almost like a grazing pattern knowing yeah. that you want to get to that three meals a day. Yep. But I think then it just like, you almost feel like you've got a force feed and then it's just like discomfort and you'll get there. I think like for anyone who's listening, who's maybe like newly post-op, mm -hmm. it's like, you're not hitting, you're not going to hit your protein goal every single day. No, no you're you know, not. Maybe at three years or what, seven years post-op, yeah. mm -hmm. there's going to be days where you just don't hit it. Yep. And it's just kind of what you do on average. Okay. So, okay. so that leads me to another question. Um, how much protein can you, does your body absorb in one sitting? Because we've, we've heard of a few different numbers and we did our own research and we too. did our own research. So I'm wondering if yours matches up with what we discovered, because some of the times when you're like, when I make my profit, it's like 45 grams of protein in it because of all the things that I put in. So am I absorbing all 45? That's a good question because protein's unique in that it takes energy to digest protein. Uh -huh. So you can kind of assume that maybe some of that protein like goes to that, but like remembering back to like biochemistry, I want to say it was like 35 to 50, okay. maybe at the high end. Okay. okay. So, so you mm -hmm. can absorb that much into your system. Yeah. And I would say it look like looking at the meal as a whole, like protein is, is going to be more maybe highly absorbed versus like you start to look at other things like, you know, I don't know if you've heard of like anti-nutrients, uh -uh. but mm -mm. okay. So like when you get into more of like the vitamins and minerals, like how like calcium and iron can compete. And that's where we get to like maybe separating some things a little bit more okay. mm -hmm. but protein, I would say is unique in that it's, it probably isn't competing with other like macronutrients or vitamins and minerals quite as much. Okay. So okay. like with bodybuilders, cause sometimes they like 
and they amp up the protein. So yeah. like there's times where like who is saying. So my guy friend does 55 grams worth of protein every morning. It's like a four egg omelet with sardines and t- and like tuna or oh, something. It's interesting. Sounds it nasty. sounds so weird. Oh my God. I was um, vomiting my <laughs> but it equals out to about 55. I know. That's so I know. sick. I told him I'd try it too. Sardines and tuna. Like you are, if you're doing that, you are, you have no taste buds. No not, taste buds. None left. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord you're hilarious oh i got so distracted what was the question <laughs> so I, know. He consumes... I, was like, I was trying to get over the sardines and eggs right i know it threw me not. i was like who puts sardines and eggs no. but so yeah he does 55 grams of protein every okay. morning because he's the one that me and him were like i was like hey man i've talked to a lot of surgeons and dietitians and a lot of people say it's around 30 it's in this 30 window and then yeah. when we did our own research we found it was like it was saying that was like eight to 10 grams can be absorbed per hour. So Mm. like that was a thing, but like, that's also, it could have been like outdated information. Like that was a couple years ago. So it's just things change all the time. It depends too on whether it's like, like if it's protein coming from like animal products versus Uh like when you're looking at protein from plant sources. So animal products are going to be a lot more bioavailable or more readily absorbed versus like those plant proteins, not saying they're bad, but in comparison, I would say like your animal products are going to be probably 80 to 95% absorbable. So think like eggs and your meat and milk, yogurt versus plant-based. So like your beans, like maybe soy protein, Ah. things like that. The absorption rate goes down quite a bit so like more like 60 to 80 percent wow okay okay that's why like anyone who maybe be might be following like more vegetarian style or more like plant-based eating i wouldn't i would look at the reasons why you're maybe eliminating meat because it really makes hitting your protein goals a lot harder okay just because then you're having to do more of those plant-based proteins in with that when you think like plant-based like beans like that means a lot more volume a lot more fiber which Tiny, tiny tummies don't always agree with. No, no they don't. I'm back and I'm like, it was hard enough trying to get animal pro- like protein, protein in, in right. much less having to, you know, possibly eat even more. There's no way. No, not in the beginning stages. No. Like, mm-hmm. actually, even right now, that like, I thought of the beans and how much you'd probably have to eat. And it's made my tummy hurt. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of food. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. when we did our research, too, like your body, like, so you need amino acids for your body to function. And then we found out that our bodies, like everybody's body can only produce its own of 11 and you need 20. Yeah. So you get the extra nine from the animal protein and you don't actually get nine from the plant base. Correct. So mm-hmm. you need to have the meat protein. Is that why the absorption rate is different of like plant versus animal because of the meat amino acids? That could be. I don't know if I I think a lot of it has to do with the fiber content too. Okay. Not 100 percent sure okay. on that one. But I know like when you're looking at like the difference, like in amino acids, like you said, it's like, that's why you see like beans and rice, like kind of those complementary proteins where it's like, they don't have the complete amino acid profile. Uh, So they're paired with something that uh, is, that contains the thing that they're missing. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you're, so I'm just making sure this is correct in my head. So we can absorb or, uh, 
animal product protein from 30% to 50%. Or Whoa. No. 30 gram. 35 grams to 50. There we go. And That's then it's and then it's 95% absorption rate. I'm looking at Mel yep. like, oh, help me. Yep. <laughs> I got you. Words are hard today. I got you. <laughs> okay. So if you do make a meal that's like 45 grams of protein, you're still going to get all the 90% of that. And your body does this like for a lot of nutrients, like protein included. It's like, you know, when you're deficient in something, your body has this magic ability to absorb more okay. of something. So like, for example, like iron deficiency, it's like, if you are deficient in iron, your body is going to be a lot more likely to maybe prioritize that over another mineral. Oh, so okay. I would say that it's going to be variable from person to person, like depending on maybe their their overall like protein status and amino acid pool. Okay. Okay. Yes. okay. All right. I'm in that range. And then still on protein, though, let's go through like protein powders because we hear like certain ones that you should have before others. Can you kind of go through the list of what the types are and when we should have them? Yeah, I would say like I typically try to recommend like a whey protein. So like whether it's whey protein or there's a couple different tiers. So you might see like a concentrate, like whey concentrate, whey blends and then like isolate. And really that just comes down to like the filtering process. Okay. So you'll probably pay more for something that's like a whey isolate because it's been filtered more. Okay. But for somebody maybe with like food sensitivities, that might be a good spot to start. Like if they're like very lactose intolerant, for example, like okay. a whey isolate. But I tend to personally just prefer the whey because of that bioavailability versus some of like the soy or plant-based proteins. Okay. But I you know, I get that a lot of people have different reasons or maybe again, food sensitivities that kind of shift them more towards one over the other. Okay. But I would say then you've got your plant-based proteins. And as far as, you know, gram for gram protein, like your soy protein would probably be at the top of that list for, I would say packing the most bang for the buck. Okay. In terms of like not having to do a big quantity and still getting a decent amount of protein. Okay. And with soy protein, we hear that like guys shouldn't be eating soy protein. Have you heard that before? I think a lot of it comes down to, I think soy there's soy is a phytoestrogen. So meaning that it like in the body, it can almost like bind to estrogen receptor cells. Okay. I think just that word like estrogen. estrogen Yes, exactly. Like that can be a little scary. Okay. And I think in the same sense, you can find research that probably supports either point. It's like, let's first of all, like, see who did the research and let's see who funded it. Like, was it the soy association? Right. Yeah. 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 Fair. But, um, but there are some, again, that show that maybe soy could be like beneficial for heart health, but I think you can really swing it either way. That's the the thing with nutrition. I think that you can be right and you can be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of ever, it's an ever evolution of Mm-hmm. nutrition like yeah. just it, it keeps growing and like changing and you're finding out it's the same with medical 
You know, it's it's never stopped. It's no, always right. going to keep moving forward and changing and getting. Well, yeah, the and, more the more people that we have on this earth, the more information we have. So correct. like we only are, I always tell the time, like we're only as good as our information. Yeah. So that's why we mm-hmm. have to be open and honest, not just to ourselves, but to our doctors and dietitians about what we're actually eating yes. so they can actually help us <laughs> correctly. Yes, right. yes. And then to kind of bust the soy myth thing a little bit is Men and women both have testosterone and estrogen in their yes. bodies already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So like, guys, it's okay to have estrogen. It's supposed to be there. Yeah. It's just <laughs> right. There's the makeup is a little bit different. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the levels are different. Makes you a man or a woman. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, I have a question about the whey protein. So you said whey isolate is the filtered more so people that have a sensitivity to whey in general you they're going to be less likely to have a sensitivity to whey isolate and i would say like it's like maybe microscopic differences okay so if you're looking at like whey concentrate i can't remember it's like maybe it has a half a gram of lactose whereas okay. a whey isolate might have zero oh, oh you know, so okay i would say And cost effect, like cost wise, I would say start with like a weight concentrate or some sort of blend, like for, to get the most bang for your buck, that's going to be like the most cost effective, but then something like a weight isolate could be something that you try. Maybe if you notice like some tummy upset or you really are super sensitive to like lactose, which can be common after surgery is just more sensitivity to lactose. Cause I know that devotion is a weight isolate. Yes. And mm-hmm. so that could be why it settles better in mm-hmm. our stomachs mm-hmm. because it is an isolate. Okay. Because I know that um, I, we actually got this question like a while ago and they were sensitive to whey. And now I know that when they ask, we, I could say, well, what did you try? Did you try a blend or a concentrate? A isolate, it's going to be better. going to be better you know, for you. And I know Devotion carries sample packs. So it's easy because you can get the sample, try them, make sure it doesn't upset your stomach and then purchase the big tubs because I mean, the flavor is out of this world. So, (laughs) you know, just, just buy devotion. Just do it. Let's just bypass premiere and all that other stuff. And we'll just go straight to devotion. I'm down. Yeah. Use OSLP at checkout. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. Shameless plug on our side. Okay. So Um, collagen, I wanted to just touch on. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yes. Cause that is when I get asked about a lot. And I know a lot of people out here, like my dietitian says, I can't count that towards my protein goals. Yeah. And one reason why is to kind of circle back to what Mel said earlier, those essential amino acids. Okay. A lot of times, like if you look at like the back of a collagen bottle, sometimes they have that amino acid profile. And if you look at tryptophan, it's zero. And tryptophan so, is what makes it countable. Not complete. It's missing one amino acid. Wow. One. But I would say in the context of like your overall diet, if you're solely looking at collagen as your only protein source, yeah. then I would say maybe yeah. look for something else. Yeah. But if you're doing dairy and eating like other meat products or you have a pretty well varied diet, then 
I would say count collagen towards your protein goals. Oh, oh okay. nice. Cool. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I put Avi in my devotion stuff and that's yeah. a collagen and yeah, they have the whole profile mix on the back. So I, yeah. I wonder if they want it, they have it or not. Cause yeah, sometimes I was kind of looking around. I was like, do we have one down here? I know. <laughs> I know don't. because Ronak, the owner, he was saying that like, well, we've added amino acids in there. So like, like, can be counted yep. so i wonder if it's on there oh, that could um, be it like they they could have done like some sort of where they supplemented in like tryptophan or some of the other amino acids because that's why it's like even like i'll use like vital proteins for example like if you look at that label tryptophan is zero but it's like i'll mix mine with milk and guess what has tryptophan milk does oh, yeah and yeah. my avi is going in my milk anyway okay so yeah. so then it's fine yeah so you can't count it. You can't count okay. it if it's mixed with so something that has. One more question. I, I I put the Avi in my coffee in the morning, which I add milk to. So then there you go. So it's I can count that. Yeah. Okay. That's so mm-hmm. cool. I yes. am Guys. very. I'm super excited about this. I am too. It's yeah. I've been confused for a while because I just assumed we couldn't count it. Yeah. Because everybody's mm-hmm. like, no, you can't count it. But I like that you broke it down into like, what is it missing? What can you add to it to bring it together? Exactly. Well, it's I not mean, like, like collagen isn't cheap. No, and, no, it's yeah. not. And there's a lot of other benefits too. So it's like, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a disservice, like just to not explain that part. So yeah, yes, because I, up and you got it. the hair loss is real during this process. So like you need the collagen and like, I've even noticed seven years out, like, oh, like when I do the Avi, like on a regular basis, I get these little tiny hairs that come out and like mm-hmm. the little baby hairs and I get all excited. Yep. Yep. So like, it's a real and thing nails. and my nails, yes. they grow freaking fast. Yeah, my hair is now growing like a freaking weed. Cause I've, I, I was in two different places for so long that it was like, I never got into a true like routine. Now I am like 100% in a routine I have my obby every single morning and I have my devotion every single day. And it's crazy. The amount of hair, nails, my skin looks better. Like it's, yep. it's nuts. Well, and that's awesome. And mm-hmm. water helps with your skin. Right. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Well, I would say too, like, just like that routine, like Kelly said, like routine is so key. Like, cause mm-hmm. think of like that ripple effect on the rest of your day. Like the days where you're, that doesn't happen, you know, what is, <laughs> It's a shit show the rest of the day. Yes, it is. is. Yeah, yeah. Because my therapist is like really honed in on the fact of like, I need a grounding routine every morning. Mm -hmm. And it has really, really helped because I make sure I have like 24 ounces of water before I switch to tea. And then like I make my husband a protein shake. And now when he's done with his, I just use his cup again. And then I make my own and put it in the fridge. Yeah, And then I'll have it a little bit later in the day. So it's like just getting in that routine and motion like has really helped my day not be so crazy. Well, and, and it makes drama. you, you can actually plan. Yeah. So we've, we've definitely, I've gotten definitely into more of a routine of like, I get up, I do this, I do, you know, I have a, a system and mm. now I can actually plan of like, okay, I know where I'm going to be at today. So I'm going to make this lunch, bring it with me, have these foods. It's very like, it's a finding your routine and then also planning for that routine. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's great if you have a routine, but if you're not planning, then what, then it's not doing you any good Yeah, because you're still, because a lot of our world is, you know, exercise and food. Those are two of the top things that you have to plan. So if you're not planning on putting those things into your system, you're still not 
gearing up for success. Right. And you save so much mental energy. Like when you're planning ahead, like whether it's like what time you're going to work out or meal planning, it's like, think of like how, when you don't do that, how much of your day is consumed with like, I should work out. I should work out. What am I going to eat? Yeah. Like those cycles. So yeah. Yeah. It's that mm-hmm. hamster wheel. Well, and some people hate or like, I can't believe you eat the same thing for like X amount of time. And it's like, yeah. you know what though, but it makes things so much easier. Like that headspace that you're talking know. about. I had a protein shake that I made for two years and mm-hmm. I had it every single morning. And it's just because I moved and all the things changed, but like, yeah, it was nice to wake up and know exactly what you're doing Yeah, and not be all over the place and scattered. Cause that makes my brain like physically hurt yeah <laughs> like it's not You're talking fun. to somebody who lived in two places at once it was insane i literally lived out of my car i was like no i could not do that i didn't live in my car no you did not i had two houses i had two houses i lived i paid rent at this one and then stayed at my boyfriend's and so now that i'm in like permanently in his house it makes life a lot easier i feel more settled i feel like i can actually do the things that i've been wanting to do for the last year yeah yeah. Well, and I know um, you posted up in your stories like, hey, what kind of myths do you want to debunk? And I know that we've touched on a few of them. Is there any other ones that you had? Yes, this is one I actually have. I'm going to spin this one towards you guys. Yeah. Okay. When um, one follower was asking about after surgery. So one myth is that people kind of lose their fun character and have more mood changes. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take the mood one real quick. Let's do it, girl. We, yes, we will get moody, but Mm -hmm. there's reasons why. Yes. If we have not eaten enough protein in the day, we are moody as book. Mm -hmm. Like both of us, we like compete for the moodiness. (laughs) Um, So I think it's more prevalent because you aren't you have to be more focused on your food. Yeah. So I think that moodiness comes out because your body is saying like, Hey, I need nutrition. Like I need something in me. Well, and I feel like it slowly goes away. So like in the beginning, like, yeah, where we are moody in the beginning, especially the first few months, because our hormones are going like all over the freaking place for anybody that gets surgery, whether you're a guy or a girl, your hormones are going bonkers, but it does settle out. And then I'm seven years out. Like, yeah, I get moody when it comes to protein, but that's really it. Uh, And as long as I, oh, periods. Yeah. Yeah. Those fucking suck. Um, on mine right now, like before this episode, I was like, I'm going to like vomit. Yesterday she was very moody. And I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Because she's been like very settled Mm -hmm. since she started therapy. Yeah. And I, and then she said something about she started her period and I was like, Oh, it explains everything. It does. Yeah. It does. Cause my body, it's interesting. You really got to listen to your body. One, I need more meat. I need yeah. more protein. I need iron rich foods during this time frame, yeah. And I really have to plan or my moods are going to be all over the place. Yeah. Cause I get pale as fuck. Like I'm like ghost on death door. Like Eric and Kelly are like, Oh, it's that time. Like they yeah. all know yeah. that I'm, if I look like a ghost, they know what's going on with yeah. me. And, but I would say for the character thing, like, Oh, that just made it like 10 times fold. Like my character did not go away. It just was more out there, more brighter, more in your face because the confidence levels go up. So I don't think that the character part ever like you just get better. It just gets more. But the mood. Yeah, there is a mood change for sure. But that also doesn't stick with you either. Because especially if you become like really good at planning, 
those moods are because you're not going up and down with your blood sugars. Yeah. You're not all over the place. So yeah. you're actually like level. I would say I'm happier. I have more energy and I have way more fun than I ever have before after surgery than I did before. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually say for the moodiness also, you got to think. So I don't know how far along post-op this person is, but you got to think you just had surgery. So you're in some pain. Yeah. You're trying to balance food or protein and water and you're trying to get your vitamins in Mm -hmm. you're you literally took your world and just like flipped it upside down yeah and so nothing is the same we are all creatures of habit Mm -hmm. and your whole habit system whatever schedule just got completely blown up yeah so you're going through a lot you have a lot of things on your brain and for a lot of us we are food addicts Mm -hmm. that's what we are. And so you are constantly in your face getting shoved in food commercials. You're listening to things. You're driving by fast food. You're watching your family eat normal. Um, So you're irritated because you want the food and you can't have it. Right. Um, And then the chewing, like the chewing drove me crazy. I wanted to chew something. It was the weirdest feeling. I'm like, why do I want to chew so bad? Yeah. Like the sensation of chewing. I was like, I need it. Yeah. Yeah. It was odd. That's why she ate ice. So mm-hmm. I would, I think the moodiness kind of clears up after you get through a certain amount of time. Yeah. You're back into eating normal foods. You, you know, you're on whole foods again. Your routine is now starting to level out to where you can have a system go in place. You know, most of the time you're on a schedule of like, okay, this time I start watering water, this time I start eating. And so you kind of figure it out step by step. Your pain lessens, you start moving more. I think it just takes It just takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. And And you have to get your vitamins in too. And your vitamins are plays a big role. Yeah, it does. I feel like if you're on your vitamins and a lot of places recommend you do chewables and you want to get a chewable that you actually like. They do yes. not all taste like chalk. No, they don't. Uh, ProCare, by far the best one out there. I use the punch. Yep, the yep, fruit punch. The fruit punch. Um, I take capsules and that was purely because I already take a ton of meds. So it was no big deal for me to add another Just capsule throw it to on it. in, yeah. And, but that was my meal in the morning. Like, I would get up and I would have to take all my meds and my stomach was full yep. in the beginning. Yep. So you have to kind of work your way through it. As far as the amplified character, I didn't realize I was not bringing out my character until I realized that I wasn't happy in my life. So I think that's why a lot of divorces happen mm-hmm. because you start to gain yourself and you start to gain these character profiles and that new person after surgery may not connect anymore with that per- that person you married or or with before. Yes. Uh, because I know a lot of us try to like decrease. Well, we don't want people looking at us. I was going to say as a big person and I've been a big person for the majority of my whole yeah. life, like you hide, you right? Hide. Yeah. You hide inside, you hide with clothes, you hide with food. You don't speak your mind, yeah. you're a people pleaser. It's yes, 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 yes. Yes. So what people are seeing is that shed away. 
And then now I, I feel confident enough to tell someone no. Yeah. I'm not afraid anymore to say no because I was so scared before. If I say no, then they'll never talk to me again or they're not going to be my friend. Yeah, but now or, you're like, if you if they can't respect that, they don't deserve to be Exactly. Anybody. Like, if you can't handle a no, then that says more about you than me. Yeah. So, like, that's what's changed. And some yeah. people like are like, what the fuck? And they don't yeah. like it. They don't yeah. like it at all. And then some people are like, ah, this is awesome. I yeah. love the confidence coming from yep. you, you know? Yep. So it just really depends on who's around you, friends and family and yep. who your supporters are. Yeah. And you'll see what you're going to be like. Yeah. I think it'll help because like with, with your ex, he wasn't very supportive of the changes. He was supportive in the ways he could be supportive. Yeah. Because mentally, I don't think we were in a spot where he could be a hundred percent supportive mm-hmm. because we did not communicate. Our communi- oh. communication was zero. It was shit. We, we did not communicate the way we should have. Yeah. Um, and so finding somebody that you can communicate with and kind of be like, I'm kind of feeling like this because this is all new. Yeah. And you could talk about it. And then that way you're strengthening your relationship. You're not like moving away mm-hmm. from each other. Yeah. So my real personality came out after I lost my ex. Well, I didn't lose him because I don't want him back. You he lost walked. the baggage. Yeah, and I then lost you, the bag. I yeah. don't want it back. I don't want it back. You, I'm good. You lost um, 200 pounds of that and you yeah. lost 129 pounds of yourself. Yep. It was. Then it, it was, happened. Well, yeah. It was, so for me, it was a slower process of yeah. refinding myself. And it wasn't until I hit like two year po- post-op that I was like, oh, no, this is like who I am. Like, well, and I've been saying that to you a lot. Yeah. It's like everybody, I think people find themselves or start questioning who they are yeah, around two year to two three. to three and yeah. four, like in this little window of time, yeah. because now like you've hopefully you've conquered the food stuff, yeah. but all the mental stuff is here. Yeah. So you have to like battle those two things and then figure out like, what do I like? What do I actually don't like? And then now you know who you are because you've actually like opened up things. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think in year one, too, you're so busy counting protein, counting your water, making sure you're getting your vitamins, ac- like good sleep, moving your body. And then you're so focused on the losing of the weight that nothing else kind of comes in yeah. until after. And then you're like, oh, OK, so this is all settled Like I'm in a system, I'm in a routine and, you know, for me, I had lost my weight. So then it was like, okay, now I work on myself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it comes to year two and And three. three. Yeah. Yeah. And And the ripple effect that that has too, like on your career and relationships, it's like once you improve your health, I think you start asking for more in other areas of your life too. Yeah. You're not afraid to ask for more. And realize that you are worth more than what you think. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. are valuable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, well, and that's why we started this podcast was because of having surgery. Mm-hmm. We both felt comfortable being in, being in the social media world and yeah. the entertainment field because we were like, this brings us out into the world. And I don't think we ever would have done something like this had it not been for the surgery. Yeah. So yeah. The personality parts, like I need to share all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and speaking of like sharing all the things and dealing with stuff, like, can you touch a little bit about maintaining what helps people maintain and what do we do if we regain? Yes. Yes. I know the big R word, right? I know (laughs) that word. It gives me a stomach (laughs) ache. I know. It's, it's yeah. real, guys. It's, it it real. happens to a lot of us. So it don't is. be ashamed. We just got to like refocus. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, you're talking about like reach, like just 
being, I think, a little bit more open and asking for support and like setting boundaries, like those are all key. Because when I think back to like my clinic days, it almost got like, it was very sad because it got to the point where it was like, I could look at my, look at my schedule for the day. Somebody was four years post-op. I could see in their medical chart that they gained and I could almost predict that they wouldn't show up. And it just like, oh. so it's like, I would say number one is like even reaching out to like, if you have a good relationship with your bariatric team, like reaching out to them because that's going to be your first step. But I know, unfortunately, it's like sometimes you're waiting months for an appointment or, you know, even finding a coach or somebody who can just help you get started because there's people out there who are employed, you know, like myself and like you guys, where it's like, that's our job is to help. And you help me by letting me help you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's, yeah, it's definitely hard. I feel like sometimes you just kind of like retreat back into your hole. And you're just like, okay, this, I failed and it didn't work. Right. There's more out there. There's, there's almost like that fear. That's the feel of failure, of course, because it seems like surgery is almost like that last, the last chance, or maybe like the last strategy to lose weight. Yeah. But then I think there's like a fear of success too. Like, okay, what happens when I am successful? Like, you know, that one follower's Mm -hmm. fear, like, okay, are is my personality going to change or how's my life going to change? And are people going to accept me? But I think on top of that, we have so much noise. Like we we're in the information age where it's like, you can go to Dr. Google or follow so-and-so on Instagram. And it just be get, it gets to be so much like all of that input. So I would say like for anyone who's maybe struggling with just like, like not knowing where to start is just finding like maybe a couple people, like one or two people, and just really sticking with like maybe their advice or just to, to help kind of funnel out yeah, yeah. Of that information, but also getting back to like some of those basics. So if I were to, you know, nail it down to three things, I would say kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation, like really trying to limit snacking and grazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So whether that means like maybe that's getting back on like a fluid routine where you're not drinking 30 minutes before that can have a ripple effect that makes three meals a day more doable. Right. And just like how you compose your plate too. So I do have a free grocery list for anyone listening, like oh. my dietitian approved grocery list. So oh, cute. any, um, any of my um, social media profiles, it's in my bio links, but it really just breaks down like your macronutrients okay. and give you some suggestions for how to pair those together. So Great. just really focusing on like three meals a day, and then I kind of break that down for you too. That's okay. so awesome. And we'll have all that linked below. Yes. So if you are listening to this on Spotify, Apple, any of that, just scroll down. Just scroll down. It's in the description. Click the There's clickable yeah. links there. There are clickable links. So go and get that free shopping list. I'm going to do that right after this episode yeah. because I want to know what's on it. Seriously. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, oh. Yes. Um, Print it I, on your fridge. <laughs> yes. So first off, if you are experiencing regain, you need to ask for help. Yeah. You have to get help because that's the main component is if you don't ask for help, that's failing because you're not helping yourself mm-hmm. at, at all. So going to somebody, you know, like Kayla, where you can ask those questions, get a, a plan in place. Yeah. That's when you're not failing because you're continually trying every single day to improve over the last Yeah. You just don't give up on yourself. So like reach out and get the help that you need because that's what we're all here for. Uh Like no one's going to shame you for asking for help. No. So I don't know where that came from, that it's shameful if you regain. I don't. 
I don't oh, know who that's started society. that, but I'm going to find them and put them in the ground. Yeah. So. I see it so much, especially when you want to hit like certain benchmarks. Like I see so many people, like they might be at their comfy weight, but maybe they've lost 92 pounds, but that's not a hundred pounds and they want to hit that hundred pound mark. So they push really hard. Maybe that's not sustainable. So then, okay, we kind of bump back up and then, oh, I've gained a few and it can just have a little bit of a ripple effect. So, well, and on the other side of that too, like it's, there was an event that happened and somebody had mentioned like that they had lost 200 you know, 31 pounds. And they were like, well, why don't you go for 250? And it's like, no, because it's still a, it's still a loss. Like you're still, even if you haven't made it to Wonderland or you haven't made it to that hundred pound mark, you're still doing awesome. Yeah. It's like saying that I've only lost three pounds. Get that only out of your, do you know how much that three pounds is like, that's a lot of freaking fat it that is. you just lost. <laughs> so it's the numbers that people, they try to automatically like round up or like limit their successes mm-hmm. almost because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I lost 92 pounds, but it's not a hundred. Well, celebrate the 92. Yeah. Like that's, that's right. a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and I think like you said, like Wonderland, it's like, that's not realistic for everyone either mm-hmm. to even reach maybe their goals to 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really, it's important to celebrate each step that you've taken Yeah. because you don't just get to celebrate when you hit Wonderland or a cer- certain round number of loss. No, you can celebrate every single pound you lose. Yeah. There is no rule against celebrating every step you take. No. No, you only put those limits on yourself. So you definitely do. And who are we talking about? We were talking to somebody and they were actually saying, give yourself a range. Mm -hmm. It was Michaela. It was Michaela. Mm -hmm. Fucking Michaela. Always. I love her. Mind blown every every single time. She made me cry in the last episode. She did. I do not cry. Like, ever. No. Um, But she was like, who says that you have to, you can't have a range Mm -hmm. of of a number. Mm -hmm. So like, Instead of saying, oh, if I don't hit 64 ounces, I didn't hit my goal. Well, what if you say my range of water is 60 to 70? And so if you hit in between that, you're still doing way better than if you were at 10 ounces. Right. Or you didn't do anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. So give yourself a range. Don't Mm -hmm. stick to just one number. It's not it's not foreseeable. And that whole goal weight bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, my goal weight's 160 but I'm only at 163. I still have three pounds. No, you're in the one sixty. Freak enough. <laughs> like just mm-hmm. celebrate it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I'm talking to myself because I do the same thing every single time. So there's no judgment. No right. judgment. Yeah. So you were saying yeah. you would definitely t- eliminate grazing. Yep. Yes. Yep. I would say like, and the research shows that too. Like, so when it comes to regain, do you want to, well, now, you know, one of them, but do you want to guess the other two factors? So the top three reasons for regain. Okay. Um, eating and eating and drinking together. Oh, that's another. Oh, kind of. Okay. Yeah, so the number one would be grazing. Okay. Okay. And then I would say that kind of ties into like eating past full. So okay. like when you're, you know, that would be number two. Okay. Um, and then three would be not getting enough sleep. It's not doing something. It's <laughs> not doing something. <laughs> not hitting your protein goal. 
No, it's actually not stepping on the scale. According to the research. Oh, wow. So grazing, eating past full and not stepping on the scale. So if you think of like that self, like, like you were saying, like even ranges, like focusing on that. But I think that kind of comes down more to like self-monitoring. Yeah. What's funny about that is I actually, that is my number one thing of why I regained Mm -hmm. is because Mm -hmm. I was at every day stepping on the scale and then I knew, okay, what I did yesterday worked. Okay. We're moving forward. And I didn't let it upset my day. It was more of like a check-in every morning with myself and to make sure I was like on point, I was doing what I was supposed to. I felt good about it. Um, Even when I would gain a couple pounds, I would be like, okay, it's fine. But I'm still within Mm -hmm. that range. So I completely agree. If it ruins your day, don't do it like often. But I think because I was like, I was starting to gain. I knew I was starting to gain. And instead of me stepping on the scale and being like having a hard conversation with myself, I decided I wasn't going to think about it and I was just going to eat more food. Mm -hmm. And then if I didn't step on the scale, I didn't know what size I was or the wet poundage that I was. And so I didn't have to address it. The poundage. It was a poundage. poundage. Um, I I completely agree with that. I would say from experience, every time I've gained, I've gained any weight is literally when I stopped checking. Yeah. Like I felt mm-hmm. I, I would start feeling it and I'm like, and I wouldn't get on the scale because I didn't want to know. Yeah. Like I would just be like, that's over because there. Because then you can't ignore it. Yeah. Because it's in your face. And yeah. then like in your head all day, at least for me, yeah. all day when I go to have anything to drink or eat, my brain goes back to the number that I saw. And then I'm like, shit. Yeah. Okay, we got to be good. Of like but it's good. It you. Yeah. I think. Well, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the scale because it's kind of like what you're saying, monitoring yourself. So that could even right. be. Hey, are you going to your post-op appointments? Yeah. Are you checking in with your dietitian? Because those are also ways of them like checking your weight without you actually physically doing it every single day. Yeah, but I think so. Or every week or whatever. Between an unhealthy checking your weight and a healthy checking your weight. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're stepping on the scale and you're becoming obsessed with that number, it dictates your whole mood for the day. You you're starving yourself or doing some like or punishing Un- yourself in the punishing gym. Punishing yourself, then that's when it's like unhealthy and you need to talk with a professional or yeah. maybe set up a system where you weigh in one time a month. Yeah, just or something. Once every two weeks, something like that. But I really feel like ha- you have to have that number or to kind of make it. What do I want to say? I don't know. I don't know. Like tangible? Yeah. So like I look at that number and I'm like, okay, I know what to do because I don't like that number. Yeah. So what am I going to do? It's like setting a plan. It's a new starting line. Essentially. Yeah. So that way. And it's like, if that number is close to say surgery weight, like for anyone who maybe has experienced regain, it doesn't mean your tool is broken. Yeah. Definitely. It's you have lots of options. And I think the the biggest thing is like we talked about, like reaching out for, for support, getting yeah. back to the basics. It doesn't mean that you've undone all of the benefits of surgery. Yes. And I do want to say going back to basics is not going doing a liquid diet. No, no. that is Thank you. that is not <laughs> what we're saying here. What we're saying here is focusing on your protein, your water, making sure that you're not snacking in between. Make sure that you're separating your eating and your drinking. Things like that is back to the basics. Yeah. Please, for the love of God, do not do a liquid diet. It does not. 
That is just a fad. You have to do the liquid diet before you have surgery and after because you're having freaking surgery. Yeah. Like and you, we will fully admit we did do it once. We did. We didn't know better. We didn't and know better. We only got to day three and we we're like, this is awful. I was like, I can't do this. It was the I evening of three and we're like, uh-uh. Yeah. Nope. I'm impressed you made it that far. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Oh, it was it was not fun. And we were drinking Premier Protein at that time, so it made it even harder. Yeah. Um, I probably yeah. could do it more with devotion, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not good for your system. You, We are not built to just have liquid. No. Like, we are built to have... And you're actually going to be more hungry if you're doing the liquid versus having solid, healthy items. Yeah. Like having that meat. Wait, like that yep. stretch on the stomach. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. getting that stretch. Yeah. Oh. So you need yeah. a little bit of the stretch, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. 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 So eat. I mean, there are ways to cut out what is not healthy for you. Yeah. Like, you know, say, okay, for the next month, I'm not going to have any, I'm not going to buy chips, cookies, candy, any you know, of those and, things. And you can actually even start even like smaller of like, just don't have, don't drink your calories yeah like don't yes. have those sodas or those fruit drinks or any of that just yeah, to make sure Starbucks. it's it's a solid meal every time you are going to consume something yeah it's really hard i kind of listen i have melanie in the back of my brain when i order shit i love or it when i'm at the store and i'm like i really want this oh yeah i know <laughs> melanie's gonna comment she didn't don't drink your calories yep so it's yeah, I I agree with you because I hear that in the back of my brain every single day. It's wasted. It's just wasted. It, it is wasteful. Yeah. It's wasteful. It's wasteful. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you need other things for our little pouches. So, yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. I think that covers pretty much anything. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we go? I don't. I feel like we covered a lot today. We did. <laughs> we, we really did. did. I'm yeah. impressed with us right now. The time All flew of us. by. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. I'm so and I'm happy excited. to like field any questions. So if like anyone's like watching or listening, you can always find me on Instagram or TikTok at Kayla Gergen RD and just DM me your questions and yeah. Yay. Oh, see okay. another yeah. way to get help and support. It can yep. just be as simple as a question. DM. Yeah right there and like we answer ours she answers hers like we're here for you guys we are and she all of kayla's stuff will be linked below Mm -hmm. so make sure to check out all of her instagram her tiktok her website all of that go get the free uh grocery list because i'm really i'm really excited about that. that um and of course, you know, thank you so much, Kayla, for being here thank and you. spreading the knowledge and busting those myths. Yes, it was an honor. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Well, we love you guys and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17th Street Studios because he provides our music and our recording space. Thanks for listening to Our Sleeve Live podcast where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. 